Welcome to Terminos Talks, a Cyber Spotlight podcast. I'm Mick Fennell, Payments Business Line Director at Terminos, and I'll be your host today. On this episode, I'll be speaking with Peter Hazou from Microsoft. We'll be talking about correspondent banking, the opportunities, the challenges that banks face. So, Peter, could I ask you to introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background about yourself? Hi, Peter Hazu uh, from Microsoft, uh, a technologist, uh, well, sort of, really a banker. Um, and I got involved in technology when I was recruited to Microsoft some years ago. But really, through and through, I started in banking, actually in correspondent banking. Um, and much has changed uh, since then. Uh, but, uh, you know, transaction banking, payments, really the world has changed. The technology has changed. A lot has changed, but a lot has really the same. So we'll talk about that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, I I joined the banking software world over 30 years ago, started out programming, and it was all international correspondent banking systems. Um, and with Cybos coming up, we're talking about correspondent banking. Um, I don't know how many, how many of Cybos's you've been to, but uh, this is, I don't know, number 21 for me. So, um, working and living the correspondent banking market um, has been a large part of my life. Um, so it's interesting that we we get to talk about this and talk about what the latest challenges are. Um, as you said, it's you know it's still the same thing. Cybos started, oh gosh, in the seventies, um, or or it might have been early eighties, and it was about bringing together the correspondent banks bringing together the network that that Swift had started creating in the early 70s. So, you know, fast forward 40 years later, and here we are, Peter. Yeah, you know, Cybos is a really important touch base, I think. It's obviously an annual event, but and it's built upon the network of the people involved. It's amazing for such a large global industry. Um, how much it is still very people-oriented, and those people change over time. I've been attending Cybos since 1990 was my first one. And, of course, uh, the, the world of finance and banking, in some respects, has changed. Certainly, there's a lot of new technology, and we'll talk about technology because I think it's important to the story. But, uh, frankly, a lot of the fundamentals haven't changed. In fact, the term correspondent banking, think about the word correspondent. It was really uh, you know, going back uh, almost as far as the Medici's, and it was, you know, done by letter and letter of credit between merchant banks with trade finance, probably the original, but, you know, it's the oldest industry, as Yavar Shah used to say, uh, everything's got to be paid for. Uh, and, and, and and so payments really go way back. And I'm, I'm you know, it's thankfully much more modern and the standards, and we'll talk about ISO because that's a super important part of the evolution. But yeah, it's a really important touch point. Um, yeah, and, and you get it there. Um, yeah, some might say it hasn't improved since the Medici's times, but I, you know, it obviously has. Um, and it's always been built on, as you said, relationships. Trust is is a huge part uh, of what we're talking about here. But nowadays. You know, people talk about cross-border payments, um, cross-border networks, uh, and, you know, new players entering the marketplace. And the theme of this year's Cybos is, uh, you know, collaboration within a fragmented world. And I think 
no no other market kind of displays that as well as correspondent banking with the fragmentation that's going on. And so I think that's one of the, the biggest challenges certainly faced by anyone. And, and that fragmentation means that there's lots of different players now. You know, historically, yes, we would have talked about the SWIFT network and everything's over SWIFT, but that's no longer the case. Um, there are numerous fintechs that are out there now that provide alternative ways of moving money cross-border. Now, fully enough, many of those networks actually utilize the SWIFT network or, or will utilize SWIFT standards to, to move that money, but they're also utilizing other ways of transferring the money. Um, and so, uh, you know, that that's put a lot of pressure on banks to compete. And another aspect that we're seeing is consolidation. Um, where when people look at, at correspondent banking, they're saying that the number of relationships has reduced. Um, and that's, you know, in large part because the, the, the larger players are offering more services and to compete with them or be part of them, you know, you have to modernize your, your capabilities. Um, so, so as we look at, you know, we, we talk about some of the things that are really challenging or some of the new things correspondent banks have to do. In fact, Peter, you and I, we are doing a talk uh, at Cybos, um, the exhibitor stage. I think it's on the Wednesday at 12.45, uh, but we might put details on that at the end um, for people if they want to come, if they're, if they're attending Cybos. But we're going to be talking about these challenges. So when you... You know, I've mentioned a couple of the challenges around fragmentation, fintech players, networks. Yeah. What, yeah. what are the kind of things that you're seeing? And, and well, so I think Microsoft there's the, there's a there's a couple of things. You talk about moving money, um, and it's the, the the. I think there's one of the new things is really is about moving information. Uh, moving money can be a dross of market infrastructures and is not that easy, and accounts for a lot in correspondent banking around why things. Uh, uh, take longer in a highly regulated environment. And the fintechs came in and with a lot of lessons for the banks to learn uh, from them, but it's really about moving information and then the settlement comes later. So that's, that's a, that's, I wouldn't say that's a big change, but the moving of information I think is really what's redefining the payments business. And, and by that, I mean, actually even more than that, I think one of the big mistakes that, is is now occurring in in just the concept of of payments is that it's about the widget it's about the payment and it's not about the payment it's about the information that's where the value is i think that the whole adoption of iso uh iso uh uh 2022 which i think i is only is a bit misconceived in a sense i mean it's a it is very important but i think that the way that the banks are going about it, of course, is uh, as enormous compliance projects, and they need to upgrade, and they need to upgrade their technology to do it. But the insights that are in the information, the value, is what clients really want. And there's so many better ways now to get at that value. And that was one of the lessons from the fintechs, is it's not really about the payment, it's really about the context, uh, the insights, the value from that. Uh, but of course, the technology and cloud technology plays a huge role in that, and and uh, Hemelus makes it much easier, in fact, to upgrade 
um, systems with composable architecture and, and, and how that all works. But it's really about the information. And that information is crucial. It's crucial for counterparty risk. You mentioned trust. Trust on the side part in a fragmented world is risk. Um, that's you know getting more dangerous in today's environment. It's never been when it's never been uh, scot free uh, in a linked up world, but it's really where the insights also need to be very important. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't really talk about correspondent banking at the moment without mentioning ISO twenty o two two because obviously that's been a huge change in how not only how how you know the data set. And the expansion of the data set and, shall we say, the more structured information that's there. Um, but also how the processes work. Um, you know, there's there's more messaging, more flows, a more interactive nature to how one, you know, not just deals with local clearings, but obviously cross-border as the new CBPR plus, the, the change on the SWIFT which we're going through at the moment. Obviously, many customers have already migrated, but there's still a huge, huge swathe of the market that have not migrated. And so on that ISO 20022, I, I agree with you. It's 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 not just, you know, the change in the format. That's that's the least of not people's challenges, but but almost people's opportunity. Um, because it's about how you distribute that data. Well, it's first of all how you capture it. You know, from a technology point of view, we've had to, you know, change things like API engagement and how you capture the data, how you initially process it. But then how do you make it available and how do you make it available in a meaningful way? And so you've got to look at things like your engagement with your customer. How easy is it for them? What are you doing with that data to make their life easier? How are you giving insights into what's going on for your own business in terms of creating new products and out of seeing what, what they're doing with this data? There's a lot more information to process. So, you know, the ISO 2002, it is a revolution in correspondent banking because it is it is basically challenged all of the institutions to up their game in how they manage the data, how they distribute it, how and then how they secure it, um, how they you know manage it going forward, archiving it, uh, all of that because the data sets got bigger, so we've just got more and more information to take care of. But then, what are you doing with the information? So we found a lot of our our customers and a lot of the market when you're talking to the all of these. Um, banks that are dealing with the the international market, be they receiving or sending or offering correspondent banking services, their legacy solutions, you know, we we have to start changing and making them more scalable. And and so from a technology platform point of view, and this is where we really engage heavily with Microsoft, you know, we've been moving and looking to move a lot of our customers and and obviously prospects, new customers to the cloud where we can take advantage of the services and the underlying platform that Microsoft Azure gives us. Uh, and so we're starting, and we have been doing for many years, but but pushing that out to our client base. Um, and as you know, as part of that move to the cloud is is those data management aspects which come as native services um, through the Azure platform. 
Um, are you seeing that move to the yeah, cloud so I, as well? I think, I think one of the issues it's um, as things evolve and as thinking evolves. I think one of the one of the difficulties is that the cloud is perceived just as infrastructure, and that misses really what the opportunity is. In fact, ISO, the more it's considered just a format instead of really a data model to do stuff with, I think that's difficult. And the, the I think the slightly older world about you referred to clients and getting value is you know, called the democratization of data and whatever, making it easier and everybody can, but actually really what it's all about now with the new technology, the cloud-based technologies is large language models. It's the ability to query these details in um, through large language models, you know, in natural languages. Um, and that's super, super interesting when it comes to because there's so much data in the payment now um, structured with ISO that, you know, a simple question like, tell me which of my, you know, there's a corporate treasurer or somebody, a client of a bank uh, or even a cor client of a correspondent bank. Tell me how many of my invoices from Zimbabwe are overdue or something like that, just in natural language. And that gives, that opens up a whole capability. It, this data and ISO is so centrally important. One thing, though, that I think that hasn't really changed, uh, oddly enough, with all this technology that's evolved, is clients and client needs. So not to get too caught up, technology is an enabler, and there's a lot of cool technology. Microsoft and Temenos, great partnership. We do so many things along these lines to help our clients in their modernization and digital transformation, all that kind of stuff. But underlying client needs of working capital and where's my funds and how much is at risk, those things actually haven't changed through this whole evolution since the beginning of Cybos. Fundamentally, customer needs are still quite similar, but there's so many better tools now, technology, yes, but thinking and capabilities and now, of course, new formats um, that can really take um, advantage of that. Yeah, I, I listen, you, you brought out the right thing. You know, when people talk about cross-border servicing um, and then we talk about correspondent banking, it's, you know, it's not just about the payment moving cross-border. It's account servicing. It's it's managing the customer's money and providing, as you said, you know, capital and credit and tracking and what kind of services are you offering in terms of cash management, Nostro and Vostro account management, um, so I, I think that's a hugely important part. Um, and it's also linking up with domestic clearing services because, you know, a lot of the times the payments that are coming through are payments that have to be executed if you're receiving uh, payments through from, from a, an ordering bank. You've got to then reroute that payment through the domestic system. And, and you know, the big change there that's taking place is the move to real time. And so what we're finding in the correspondent banking market and, you know, that this is not just within banks themselves, but fintechs. And we just recently signed uh, one of the largest international remitt remittance companies to our, our payments platform. And they want to move to a more real-time uh, environment in how they execute payments around the world. And so that's that's putting pressure again on the systems to link in both the cross-border and the domestic payment infrastructures into a seamless process that is, you know, frankly, near real-time, as near to real-time as can, it can possibly be. Because, you know, 
the, the bank's customers and the people you're executing the payments for, especially in the corporate world, they're looking for that value to be credited to accounts immediately. And they're, they're not interested in the correspondent bank holding on to the float and using that money uh, you know, overnight or whatever to, to, to lay off for, for overnight interest. So the, you know, the demands of the market, the customer expectations are changing the nature of what uh, all people involved in cross-border payments, um, what, what they're expected to be able to achieve. And that's real-time, transparent, secure. And, and on top of that, as you said, added value services around the management of their cash. Yeah. I mean, correspondent banking is in a tough place, an increasingly tough place and has been. It's still a big industry. It's still vibrant. But but think of it this way. It really is. Correspondents are intermediaries in the middle of end customers. That's a tough place to be. It's a tough place to get squeezed from an economic point of view, which is why um, lowering cost, modern technology through modern technology, um, through automation and customer service beyond just straight through payments. That's an obvious one that's been done long ago. But it's really a repositioning of the processing um, and and in a much more um, efficient um, operationally efficient way, but also let's, you know, no secret, it's an ever tougher regulatory environment. Um, and regulators expect more, uh, expect more help from the banks, um, expect them to be policemen and that can't be done manually. Technology only is the way to get at pattern recognition and, you know, what's really in, what are the insights that are in those, uh, payments, both in terms of counterparty risk we talked about, but also, more nefarious things. So, you know, it's a it's a tough place to be in correspondent banking, and it really must be modernized. Um, and that's partly a technology thing and also a thinking thing, I would say. Yeah, and the the thinking thing obviously brings in, you know, the judicious use of AI. So, you know, what we're seeing is that the more we bring in AI to various processes, you know, the obvious one is around um, fraud, sanction screening, being able to lower the number of uh, false positives so that um, payments can be executed successfully, automated repair um, when data pieces of data are missing. Because again, we still come back to one of the fundamentals of, it, as you said, the fundamental is actually service. The fundamental is what services and service levels can you provide to your customers. And one of the, the fundamentals of that is straight through processing. You know, how efficient is your orchestration processes to ensure that the payments are successfully completed? Um, and that's where things like AI, intelligent routing, um, even things around the service levels of nostril quotas. So, you know, being able to switch to different accounts when certain thresholds are met or uh, being able to manage when something goes wrong, when a, maybe a, a clearing network is down, being able to switch. All of these things rely on technology that's able to automate that process so that ultimately you're providing a better service. And, you know, correspondent banks are, are the the correspondent banking service within a financial institution is looking to do the same things that the corporate bank, the retail bank, everything is doing. They they have to modernize. They have to look to automate better. They have to look to apply those security and cybersecurity and fraud 
um, activities. Uh, you know, but as you said, the pressure is is constantly mounting because of regulate regulatory um, issues, especially if you're multi-jurisdictional. Um, that you know, trying to manage that across lots and lots of different markets is a very challenging task. Um, and maybe that's you know that's another reason for the consolidation. And therefore, if you can if you can look to solutions and platforms that help you achieve that and enable the, 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 the concepts of things like continuous upgrades so that you're getting those changes um, provided to you and you're able to take them, that's another big challenge. IT groups of banks, one of their biggest challenges is just being able to apply the changes and being able to continually upgrade their systems without an enormous impact on the business. So, um, you know, that's where the technology comes in. That's why technology is so important to competing and surviving in the correspondent banking marketplace, in the cross-border marketplace, and providing those options, being able to say to a customer, well, we've got you know, we're covering more markets. We've got different options for how you send this. So that comes down to the collaboration in a fragmented world. Um, yep. My final thought on the matter uh, is you know, we talk about a lot of challenges in the business and challenge to the business model and charge challenge to the operating model. That said, and especially if you're just starting your career, correspondent banking is a great place to be. You really become a jack of all trades. It's a great place to understand banking. It touches on everything in the bank, wholesale, retail. Uh, it, you get a really great perspective uh, from the seat of correspondent banking. Of course, there are challenges, but those th these challenges need creative minds and modernized technology. Yeah, I, I think you know that's a great thought to finish this on, in, in terms of. Yeah, I, I look back on, on on thirty years of you know existing in this global marketplace because that's what correspondent banking is. It gives you a huge education of, of around the world of, of how the different cultures and obviously we're about you know, standardization. It's bringing all these cultures and markets around the world together and, and enabling them to work together. So there's a little there's a little feeling of United Nations. You know, I, I've always felt that attending Cybos, it's it's great to see the world come together and it's all trying to figure out ways that we can work to better together more efficiently and we can provide better services to the world out there. Because without correspondent banking, without cross-border payments, you know, frankly, we all know the world would just, you know, come to a complete stop. So it is a very, very, very important cog in the the engine that is the global marketplace so i think we both you peter and i we're looking forward to toronto we're looking forward to engaging with people there we're looking forward to to speaking to people about the challenges of correspondent banking so i think with that um i'll say thank you very much peter thank you for the the short time here just talking through some of the challenges um i wish you well on your travel to toronto and um i'll see you on the next edition of Temenos Talks. We'll be back next week to talk about this year's Cybus theme, Collaborative Finance in a Fragmented World, and how the Temenos Exchange embodies just that. And you'll get a great example from one of our exchange partners, Toons, 
and how they help financial institutions to excel at executing payments around the world. To find out more about Temenos, today's speakers, the subject matter, and also if you want to schedule a meeting with us at Cybos in Toronto, please check out the show notes below. It would be great to see you there and I wish you all safe travels.